Hey everybody, welcome back to the One's Ready Podcast. Yeah, that's right, I'm ducking and jiving. Just what are so. you looking for? Well, because I got the camera right here, and I can't see the the countdown thing behind the, uh, the screen there, so that's why I'm doing that. But you're back in the team room, a little peek behind the scenes of how I have my setup, since I've got a screen right there so that I end up looking at the camera. But anyway, uh, Trent and I got together today to talk about some kind of rando subjects, really, um, just kind of play clean up from some of the episodes that we've had and to answer some of the questions that folks have thrown our way. Um, so kind of one of them is how to be the kind of the best possible candidate you could be. And I don't necessarily mean in the, pi- well, I mean in the pipeline, but also in development. So, you know, you go, you see, you see a recruiter, you get through MEPS and you, you pass your IFT, um, you're in development and you're waiting to go. Like in your opinion, Trent, like what is the, the couple of the, the key traits or the best way that they can possibly be the best candidate in a development? Um, group. Well, th- this is easy, right? Because we talked to the the coaches down at the the SWIC, and I think one of the big things that came out of that podcast was uh, one of the things that students lack, at least they they don't show outwardly very well, is humility. Right? Like just because you pass the IFT and all these other things, like you're starting a program, just like any other program, you need to go in there with a little bit of humility, knowing that you don't understand you know, everything about everything. I know that you, you watch this podcast and thank you. And you're probably way better informed than a lot of other people, but you have an opportunity to, to scrape that developer's brain, you know, to, for all the information that you can possibly glean from them uh, to, to influence the other people around you and all the other things like just walk in there with a, a little bit of humility and, and the willingness to learn and, and to become a, like a, a better version of yourself. Cause that's what it's there for. Yeah, I mean, your developers are all folks that have been in the community. Um, you know, some of them had been in the community for longer than others. You know, you got uh, folks that had retired and did 20 plus years uh, who had been at some of the top units at the the highest level of when we were going and doing things, right? Uh, you've had folks that... I love how we can't know, say that anymore. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Um yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've had people like, um, I'll just say like, uh, Chadwick Bowles or whatever that, you know, he, man, how much, I think Chad did 10 years, you know, so you got folks that did 10 years, 25 years, 20 years that have a swath of experience that were all, you know, in the GWAT time, some before, some after that have all got great experience that you can really glean information from and, and, motivation and and mentorship from so i mean capitalize on that yeah and and bring that information back to us please like we we're not the people with all the answers we're you know two two three dudes two and a half dudes maybe uh with with our experiences and 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 all this other stuff and and it's it's fairly limited so you know it's it's good to get your information from multiple different sources and and figure this stuff out so that was a two and a half dude joke about jared's height by the way (laughs) for everybody that missed it you (laughs) sweat. (laughs) Uh, but humility is definitely a thing that you need to carry with you through not just through development but hopefully for your entire career i mean really um because it doesn't just stop as soon as you you know okay i'm now in the pipeline or i now have my bray i get to a team and now guess what everybody needs to be doing what i'm saying everybody needs to follow me because i'm the best dude on this team 
there's a a healthy amount of like mentality where you should go, yeah, I want to be the best. Yeah, for sure. But to understand that and and it may be in some aspects you will be the best at something. Like and yeah. it's okay to acknowledge that you are the best at something, you know, on your team or in the unit. Like, hey, I'm the best at this. You can still be hum uh humble, humble while um Humanable. Um, <laughs> while thinking that, it's right. it's just talking about it less and acknowledging uh, and, and then teaching people. Yeah, well, we, I think we've all met that person, right? There's a line between like arrogance and 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 just knowing that you're good at something and, and honesty, right? It, we, we've all met those people that are like, I am the fastest dude on this team or whatever. I'm the best shooter. And that's true. They're the best shooter, but they're still they're not. They're just stating a fact like that. That is what it is. Uh, we were in the team room one time. I remember the story, and th- we had you know every guy. Th- there's always that guy on the team that kind of has a big mouth. <laughs> we had there's two guys on the team to set the table. Uh, one guy was y- really physically fit, but like not like your your IFT specialist, right? Like maybe not the fastest runner and all those other things. Uh, this other guy was the fastest runner, the the IFT specialist, right? Like all the cardio, all the calisthenics. Like he was really good. And this is back when we used to do the the AFSOC PT test. And uh, the guy that, that would was really good at the test had a big mouth. And the, the guy that was the, the jujitsu killer that maybe didn't run as fast, did not have the big mouth, uh, but didn't put up with uh, anybody's shit. So, yeah, so, like, this happened in the team room one day. This, this guy comes in, and is like, I'm better than all you guys. Like, I crushed this PT test. You know, he's kind of being funny, but kind of being, like, a pain in the butt. And he started poking his, his finger at the, the dude that was oh. better at jujitsu. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, so what ended up being executed was he was told not to do that again. He did it again and got too close to the guy, and uh, he got grabbed by his um, uh, sensitive areas and his like shoulder and tossed on the ground. And it was like because we were all st- standing around, you know, watching him get get smothered. <laughs> and I remember I just leaned over. I'm like, dude, use your cardio to get out of that, you know, to get out from underneath Mount. You know, like this other guy's way better. <laughs> but like, you know, like it was it was pretty funny. But he got dick tossed. That's what oh, we called it. Man, that's rough. That's embarrassing. Yeah. But like, you know, like it's, it's, he crossed the line. Like we all know that he scored the highest on the PT test. But I mean, and he was kind of joking and whatever, but like yeah. that was just, it was a pretty funny story. But his because, cardio couldn't get him out of there. I'm just saying. Well, that's, you know, that's part of being in the team room though. Oh yeah. It, you know, you're, you're going to talk shit. You're expected to talk shit. But there's a difference. Uh, like having fun with it and talking shit is different than, you know, you, we can tell when you mean it, when you're like, Oh my God, this, this dude really does think that he's, he's, yeah, that he's better than all of us. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. Now you become a target. <laughs> well, there's different types of fights in the team room, right? Like no one got hurt during that fight. Yeah. Not really. And there, I mean, when I was at the, the two, three, there was another thing where like somebody was talking about fitness and some other dude was like, well, I can choke you out. And they, they found out. They found out who was better at what right there in the team room, and they did it multiple times. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, Sorry. Okay, so we kind of well, no, no, no. We we kind of hit on that humility, right? Um, I think another aspect of it is kind of a teamwork um, aspect of it. And yeah, you're not technically a team at that point, but you are. You are a team um, because you you are relying on each other for certain things within that development session. You know whether it is um, if you tell somebody you're going to pick them up, 
to take them to development. That's part of it. If you tell somebody you're going to bring something, then you should bring it. If you tell somebody that um, you're going to do something, you you do it. Um, you know, it could be ensuring that all the team gear and everything is prepped for that session for the day, you know, b- before the developer gets there or, um, I mean, the list goes on and on. You, Dude, ensuring everything. I don't know if, are they marking things in development? I don't think I don't so. Think but it would be good for you to mark things just because guess what? You're there with <laughs> essentially some randos, right? So yeah. maybe mark your gear. Um, boy, everybody will <laughs> think that I love marking my gear. <laughs> Oh my goodness! That's what the next T-shirt should be—like a like Mark a piece of tape with like your name across it or something. <laughs> training your training name, Petrus. Yeah, A one C Petrus. Oh man, yeah. But like, but like teamwork is important. Like, there's no such thing. Like, a team is not in our community. A team is a lot more flexible. Like, the word is a lot more flexible than like, like it's not like a Green Beret team of like twelve guys doing something and they, they, they tend to stay together a lot longer than like our our teams like you need to be able to like jump into a team anytime you find yourself in a group of people that has similar goals like that's a team and so it's not like oh like i'm not here to make friends i'm here to get my beret and like f all the rest of you guys like that's that's not what it is like you need to jump in there and and and, and do your job i'm not saying you need to drag people along because i'm also not a huge fan of you know cheerleading and, and and you know dragging people along that shouldn't or or can't be there um but yeah like if you're if the showtime is zero nine hundred right for your development session, if you can, and I know there's a lot of a lot of things going on out there in your life, show up early. So like yeah, when your developer gets there, help them unload their their vehicle, help them with everything that it is. Like you're only going to learn more by by doing those types of things. It's going to make you a better candidate because guess what? In the pipeline, the cones do everything like that. I mean, you set up all the gear, you set up everything. Like if if you're there, we're going to make you do it. So. It's just going to get your your mind right. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Help help unload the the vehicles when they show up. Like, you are you really going to expect the the developer to do all of that? Come on. Um, also, like whenever they call you over, like, hey, everybody, get you know on me. There needs to be a sense of urgency. You don't just freaking log, lollygag over, just kind of like, oh, okay, no. There needs to be a sense of urgency. <laughs> He's there. He or she, because I, I know we've got we've got both in terms of developers. Um, they are there because they want to be. Yeah, okay, sure. They they get paid to show up and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, they would rather their time not be wasted. And they are, in a way, you know, you have you have recruiters that are kind of a, a screen door for the community, a, a filter. Well, the developers are too. So you know, you have a filter of a bunch of different layers that are going through and recruiters developers and then you go on to bmt and then through the pipeline you know all the cadre there they are all filters that to try and filter out shit so if you're shit hopefully you don't make it yeah and that that's all it is i mean i used to say that in uh swick i would tell people like i am not gonna push shit down this pipeline like you all have you'll have like a list of names stamped onto your backs of people that have stamped, like said, like, yes, good to go. Good to go. Good to go. Like, I'm not trying to put my name on, on, you know, shit moving forward because that is a reflection of me and the, the, the program and all these other things and all the other people that are here with me doing their jobs. Like we're not, we're not doing that. So, um, 
it, it's on you to make to prove that you're not that to to get that stamp of approval. But well, that that's also kind of why the the cadre that are there, whenever people that are in the community or have retired, you know, start chucking spears at cadre that are that are you know there training and selecting people mm-hmm. um, that's why they take it personally too because if you do go out and you want a team and you act up don't think that somebody's not calling right back to one of their buddies who's a cadre and going hey bro what the fuck like, yeah. what, what's up with this dude yep i remember being at phase twos uh for like ncos when we used to do that and i would have to defend you know, like, uh, you know, Jake from Keesler that I was stationed with, you know, big Jake, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like there, there was a reputation of our schoolhouse that may or may not have been earned necessarily, but like someone said something about, you know, what, what we were doing and, and they brought up his name and I'm like, Whoa, that's, that is not what's happening. You know? So like everybody knows everybody. It's a super small community and, um, you know, you gotta, everybody's trying to do the right thing and, yeah. and, and, and you know, you you put your name on people and you you push them forward, and sometimes like you, it's with reservations, and sometimes it's not. But everybody's doing the best that they possibly can. But I, I, dude, it's hard not to get into like a grind my gears when you talk about people not moving with a sense of urgency. It's just like go for it, dude. Like go to those <laughs> development sessions, right? Like it's hard. I think it's hard for us sometimes. Like and, and and you know, bless the developers' hearts because they're so patient. Like it's a like they don't get paid what they could get paid. Like they are there literally because they care about the community mm-hmm. like, and they want to do a good job. Be like, like I've seen it where they're like, Hey guys, huddle up. And like, they take forever. And I'm like, I can feel my veins starting to pulse <sighs> in my neck. You know, like, like, he's the guy when he says, go, you go like, and I, I get it. It's like step one of like a million mm-hmm. steps. And I'm, I'm used to seeing guys a, a lot further along, but man, but just, you nailed it though. If, if it's step one, right. Yeah. Started there. Because I tell you what, if you learn that there, one, it it shows good character, right? And it shows that you actually want to be there. Two, it's already training you and others because others will see it and go, oh, look at that. You know, all right, well, I'll start hustling up. And I promise you, it will help you out once you get into the pipeline. Yeah. Because you will pay and you will pay dearly if you do not hustle and have a sense of urgency. Yeah. Well, it'll also like the, the cones filter themselves as well, right? Like you'll see who's, who's too cool. That's probably not going to make it. Who's worried about how they look all the time and all this oh, other yeah. stuff. Like pipeline's not a place to look cool. At least not when the cadre around, like y'all can do whatever you want when we're not around, but, no, you um, <laughs> you know, just don't get caught, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the time to look cool. It's the time to, to do what you're told to, to, to perform the best that you can. So, yep, you know started a development and you're, you're going to see those, those candidates out there that are like, Oh, like I'm not just cause this dude told me to do this. Like, no, 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 no. He said, move, you move. Like yep. it's a, it's a good habit. And those habits don't just get formed in that environment. Those habits also get formed. Those good character habits while you're by yourself. Like, well, we've talked about it before when the, the, the development session ends and the developer gives you a bunch of advice and like takes 20, 30 years of wisdom and tries to dump it into your head and then you go home, do something with it. Don't just wait for the next development session. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you think you're going to get ready for the pipeline doing the, the one development session, uh, I don't know. What are they doing? I know different locations are different because um, you know they're, we're limited on developers and they're, they're regionally based and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think most of the groups are getting together at least once a week 
um, maybe not with a developer, but right. you know, as a as a crew, they're getting together. So you're not going to get ready by just working out once a week or going to development once a week. You've got to be training consistently. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah what, you did. Sorry. That, what, what's go your resume going to say when you enter the pipeline? You know, like like put it into words. Is it going to say self starter, good teammate, all these other things, or is it going to be like bare minimum? Like it, it might take a miracle. We've seen that the the one percent <laughs> of of barely making it make it before. Um, but you know, I had to pass them because they met the requirements. Yeah, exactly. Um, you said something earlier, and I can't remember exactly uh, how you said it, but it was talking about. Uh, you know, some of your fellow candidates and, and how they are and, and, you know, whether or not people will make it. I think that's important to acknowledge. Um, and I know that we've said it on Discord before, but like, it's important to acknowledge that not everybody that you're with is going to make it. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to make it. And whether that is because of, um, you know, physical fitness, meeting the standards, uh, overall, they're just not mentally tough for it, or um, you know, they're dealing with a lot of other stressors from whatever. You know, their parents are sick or something like that, and maybe now is just not their time, or maybe they're just so young that they're just not ready yet, and they need a couple years to, to season. So it's it's okay to acknowledge you're not going to. I think what it was you were talking about, like carrying people with you. There yeah. are some people that you're that will, they just need a little nudge, you know, and I don't mean that false motivation. I mean like, Hey dude, I know you're going like, cause everybody has a bad day Yeah, go, going through the pipeline or and and maybe you have a bad week, but it, the resiliency is being able to show up every single time and, and put out and do what you've got to do and continue on and not mm-hmm. quit. That is the resiliency in the pipeline. It's okay though. People are going to quit. That's why we have an attrition rate. And it doesn't mean you're not friends. And it, right. it, it's easy from the outside to be like, hey, like this dude's not going to make it. Like the, the cones, like you need to stop dragging this person along and cheering them on. Like for two weeks in a row or for the entire time that you've been here, they're the last at everything. And and, and we can illustrate this with like a Aaron story, right? Like it doesn't mean you're not friends anymore. Aaron was still friends with the guys from the first time he was in the pipeline when he went to jump school. And that's like maintaining that relationship could get that person back in the pipeline later after, you know, they've, they've picked up the tools or, or the mentality, or they have a better understanding that's going to get them through the pipeline the second time. And so like, if, if they're your friend, it doesn't mean that you cut them off just because they quit. Like that's, it's fine if they quit or if they get washed out, like just, it, it, it doesn't make them a non-human, you know what I mean? Like, but like those relationships were, were maintained and that's why Aaron went back through the pipeline and is now a PJ, whether you like it or not, you know, for people that are out there. But like Aaron's yeah, also Aaron. friends with, uh, with, with Carrie Kite, right? From a vet, veteran made pod. Carrie never came back and it's fine. He did great things in the Air Force and now he's doing amazing things. Like, but it's not like, you know, it's not like he came on the podcast. We're like, ah, you're a piece of crap. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's there just is the reality. That, there is that though. And that feeling like whenever you do see somebody who has quit, um, there is yeah. a different, like, okay, so there's a, you know, outside of the cadre's office, we'll just make it benign like that. Like, usually people that quit or people that have failed have got to line up and that kind of stuff. 
for their out processing, their debrief, and you know, to get all that kind of good stuff before they move on to the next step in their Air Force career. Well, there is a noticeable difference um, in people that quit and people that, you know, like fail an event or fail an eval and then they're out. Um, and within those people that quit, there are also what I've noticed two different types of, of folks. There's the people that regret it immediately. And they can see it like it, it almost like it, it just came out of their mouth and they realize what they did afterwards. And then they're like, oh, crap, what did I do? And the other people are kind of a, a relief, like a like a weight's been lifted off their shoulder because they never should have been there in the first place. They yeah. didn't really they didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah. And, and it's a significant emotional event for everybody. Right. Like if you're on team and your your buddy quits like that's that's a hard day that makes the day harder like it, it's hard to like not attach yourself to people and um but like i'm just saying like that stuff will fade or should fade and 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 don't don't think too much about it you know what i mean like it's just you just got to move on so like that that's the math of the situation is everybody's not going to make it and yeah yeah like some some of those people are going to be relieved and like good on them go go do great things and i'll tell you from the cadre perspective like if you quit like and it, it is so hard when they regret it right away, like because they're like sergeant. I just want to get back in there. Like I don't know what happened, and it's like, nope. Well, I'll see you in two years, or the pipeline will see you in two years if you really want to come back. Like that's just the way it is. You know, we can't, we don't have the time or the resources, and that that's what they don't understand. Is we don't have the time or the resources to keep letting people quit and come back. Like mm -hmm. the reason the attrition is so high, it's not that. And we've talked about this. If I had ten years to get everybody to the standards and to get them through the pipeline, we could probably do it with a way more people. If it was a, you know, or not, it's, that's dramatic 10 years, but you know what I mean? Like a much longer timeline. Yeah. That we don't have the time. Like, this is what we got. And uh, you, you make it or you don't. So, and, and it's hard, but like the, the people that are relieved are kind of fun because they're like, yeah, I'm, yeah like, I'm happy to be moving on. <laughs> well, and a lot of those folks were, were people that weren't really doing it for themselves anyway. They were doing yeah. it because somebody, the, the expectations that they would do it or that somebody wanted them to do it. You know, yeah. so in a way they're, they're relieved. It's, it is, you're right though. It is the folks that really, really want to be there and that are really, really good folks. Um, and they just, they just weren't ready or in a moment of weakness, they, they allowed those voices to propagate in their head and, and kind of take over. Yeah. But you know, when, when you do the exit interviews, it's like, it's important. You just be like, Hey, like our expectations for you are to go out and do great things no matter what because you were here and and you know you went through a certain amount of the process and you learned something about yourself obviously because you came in one way you left another way and go out and do good things and so that that should be your expectation as a as a teammate as well if someone doesn't make it and if someone's dragging you down like you got to be honest you got to be honest with those people and just be like hey man we're we're not going to drag you along today you know we're not going to fix all your gear we're not going to carry all the weight we can't do it because all it's going to do is is crush everybody else and it's not it's not a personal thing. It's just math. You can't carry extra weight the whole pipeline. You can't do all these things. It's not going to work out. No. Well, and and those folks can't like it's it's that you know weight, if you will, is heavy enough for their own their own stuff to then carry add on somebody else and carry them. It's just it's too much. That cannot that. They won't make it. Yeah.
because now you're weighing that other person down. Like that is something that I was always very cognizant of is in, and it's why we do it as, or, you know, I say we as cadre, but it's why the cadre do it right. In terms of um, punishment for all somebody messed up. Now everybody's going to pay because that, that level of guilt that that person feels, or at least you should feel right uh, is real. And it's very, very heavy. You will, and, and it leads to things, right? Because that, that person, if they feel guilty, like they have a chance to turn it around. If they don't feel guilty, and then the teammates see it, where they're like, "Oh, well, like it's not my fault." It's like, "Whoa!" Like that. Everybody in the pipeline reaches the point where they have to take responsibility for all of their actions. Like that's where we're getting to. And so, like, if you're getting smoked, and the dude that that got you all smoked is like, "Oh," like making excuses. Oh. It's gonna get real, real quick. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, we're all doing this for the fifth hour because no. of you. Yeah, <laughs> to like acknowledge that. Yeah, like it, it's fun to watch those moments when the cones actually like they start talking amongst themselves and then they start taking care of the problems for you. It's, I uh, love that. It's, it's wonderful. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Cadre, they just hate me. They're just out to get me. Are they? Maybe, probably not. Though we noticed <laughs> that. Also, we didn't all do what you did, and now we're all getting smoked because of what you did. And you know, like the, the, their eyes open eventually. No, I I do love it. Whatever they the the cones end up taking care of in inner problems. That's good. Good on you for for those out there that are that are in it or have done it. Like good on you. Keep that keep that up because that's what we need. Because we're going. In the team room, you're going to police each other, hopefully before the commander or the chief find out about it yep. or, or have to get involved. Like that, that kind of stuff should not reach the commander or chief if, if, um, if it can be handled at the lowest level. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what it's all like a progress thing, right? Like we, we talk about being your own cadre when you're development or even before that and holding yourself accountable. And also, that's all this is, is like self regulation turns into team regulation, turns into all these other things. And that's where that trust comes from, where the, the commander can be like, I can send a group of fairly young people into the middle of nowhere to do a really difficult thing and know that they're going to get the job done and know that they're going to do the right thing. Like that's where that, that's, that trust comes from. Like people from the outside sometimes, will, and I, I complain about it all the time, like, oh, you guys are cowboys because you don't cut your hair or, or whatever, or you wear <laughs> rugby shirts and all this other stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's 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 the opposite of what it is. The the, the thing is 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 that the trust, the self regulation, like the, the command knows that like these guys will do what is needed to be done, no matter what. And that starts with yourself in development. That you got to regulate yourself before you can start regulating the team. And that self regulation uh, isn't always pretty, or it isn't always accepted by people outside the community, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's just not, and I and I don't mean that it's um, you know justifying hazing or anything like that. But like, if somebody messes up and and it's bad enough, it's like okay, well, you're gonna grab some dirt bikes, like the two of you go grab dirt bikes. You're not allowed to turn them on, and you're going to walk the flight line with them. You know, yeah. and you're gonna what we call bang gates, and you're gonna have a ruck on. And it's not. I mean, that's that's. It is um, corrective, what is it, corrective training or whatever you want. To call, I don't know. 
I mean, it just it, like in the pipeline, we get you so tired that you can't fake it anymore. That's if you true. push the bike around the pipeline, you're going to get to a point where you're too tired to lie to yourself. And you're going to be like, man, I really jacked up. Like you're going to have conversations with yourself. Like yeah. you need that, that you need that space where all we're telling you is like, you need like a space and an environment where you can like actually think about this. Cause like I have a, a, a super robust, like arrogant ego type thing. And like, it's easy to like, if someone comes at me with a criticism, like my first reaction is like, man, get effed. Like I'm perfect, blah, 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 whatever. Like you get me smoked and you get me alone and you give me some time to think about it. And it's just like, you know, they're right. Like I, I definitely, I, I haven't been pushing as hard as I could be. I'm not doing the right stuff. Like by the time I get back, I'll, I'll be a better person for this. I, uh, I ran into a guy, I'll just use his first name, Corey, uh, here on Nellis. Uh, he was on the teams at, at the two, two. And, uh, we ended up running and he's running with earbuds in and, and he says to me, he's like, Hey dude, what? Like you, you just run no music, no nothing. No, just it's like, yeah, just me and my, me and my thoughts. And, yep. uh, that's a, that's a real thing when you're out there on your own and you're just sucking and you don't have something to distract you. All you have is like, that's my thinking time. Yep. And it's it, whether it's positive, negative, or you got to do better or, Ooh, I have this idea for the podcast or, or we, we should do this or, or whatever. Like running is when I think when I'm alone in my own thoughts. Yep. That is a yep. real thing. There's there's something about it, or something about breaking yourself down, like and 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 reassessing. And I think that that habit starts that that is the selection course, right? And we're constantly, you know, every day is a selection, and we do it to ourselves as well. And those are the guys that that, that make it. That's that independence and that self regulation is is, you know, it, it's hard to lie to yourself when you know you're barely making it, you know, or you're smoked or you're alone. You, you know, you you gotta, and, and maybe that's just something you develop over time, but. You got you got to learn how to be honest and and to, and to fix yourself. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're not going to be listening to music in the pipeline. You no. might be singing Jody's, but yeah, <laughs> you're probably going to be singing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. The pipeline is a lot different now because it's like I think they, they definitely still do Jody's, but you know, like remember, like the 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 big thing was the running with the rocks. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if that happens anymore. I think the rocks got done away with. Hmm. Maybe. No, maybe those, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they know. I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about that before. But it. They never. We didn't do it in Indoc. We. You know. We had rocks on and stuff like that. But at Comic Control School, we definitely uh, had rocks. And depending on how large your class was, was how big your or how many rocks you had. Like my class, we had two rocks, but I think we had. 10 or 12 people. Um, and these are, you know, sizable rocks. They're the size of a football, maybe a little bit larger and, you know, they're heavy and you, you paint them and you, you kind of make them your, your own class. Actually, I know they do because I've seen, there's a stand at ANS that they've got different rocks. Oh yeah. So I'm pretty sure they still do that, but, um, yeah. And when you go for, to go hate chow when you go to go on a run like those rocks go with you even on the 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 runs and you know somebody's carrying it on their shoulder or wherever they got it and then they got to pass it on to the next one and it's it's just 
forcing some some kind of teamwork bond that you that you have it, it's a common goal like we got to get these rocks to a certain place uh in one piece unscathed so that's what we're doing and we're sharing the effort yep and, and it's when those when those rocks get dropped and they hit the concrete <laughs> that is that is a terrifying sound that's a, you could, everybody knows what's about to happen because it's, it's it's your fallen comrade right or it, it is your comrade it's your teammate you do not drop the rock ever you better fall with that rock. <laughs> this is what needs to happen. You better be falling with that rock. Yeah. When when every, when everybody hears that noise and everybody turns around, you better be on the ground with that rock. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's there's so many little things like that. Like there, like I was thinking about. There's like a whole set of rules that goes along with the rock. You know, like we had like you only carry it on your right shoulder. There's a way that you request the next person to grab it. The next person grabs it a certain way, and like you fall out to a certain side of the formation. Once you don't have the rock anymore, and the mm-hmm. other person moves into that, and you fall into the back of the formation, like there's, there's the, we have all these like little traditions and rules and all these other things, and like I think it's easy to forget in the moment when three months later, you know, you go home for the first time, and your whole world is like marking your gear, carrying rocks, like calling out your teammates, living, sleeping, eating, you know, like this this lifestyle, spending half your time it feels like underwater. Where you know, like you're learning a whole lot about yourself, and then so what? What what happens when you get home? You know, like I, I don't think you even realize like this this new culture that you've been inundated with, and how much you've changed when you when you step off that plane, and you go see everybody again. No, no. Um, and when you start talking about gear too, uh, you may want to check out a tackleate. Oh, that's right. I just oh. did it. Just transition. Oh, Oh, um, onesready.com. You can get our gear, but you can also get a tackleate's gear. So you can get the whole mass, snorkel, fin, ropes, uh, watches, Alice rucks, everything that you need to train for the pipeline. Uh, whether you're in development, whether you're just, you're not quite there yet, but you want to start getting practicing, um, attackleate or onesready.com. You can buy all their stuff there. You don't need to put in a promo code. The discount will be put in. Or if you want to go to their site, you can go to attacklead.com in the promo code uh, onesready10, and that'll get you a 10% discount. Yeah, just go to the onesready site, you know? Really? It's, it's, we, we, we set it up to make it as easy as possible so that we don't have to go through like all the, you know, if you're, if you're like us and you've been hitting the head a few times, it's hard to remember all the codes and all these other things. Go to the website, check it out. It, it, it all happens automatically there. So, yeah. and if you're an old man and you just want to get, you know, like the, the fins that last, you know, like it's, it's good equipment and it'll last forever. If you oh, just want to get on that ruck life or, or start finning and, and condition your ankles in that way, like it's just good fitness equipment. So yep. Everything in one stop shop. There you are. That's it. And then, and if you need a program to follow, check out uh, Kevin Edgerton over at 18 alpha fitness. Um, Great programs. He's got a whole bunch of them. So whether you want to come into Air Force Special Warfare, you want to go Ranger, SEAL, Green Beret, or you want to get, I don't know if Aaron's still doing the, the BJJ, the Jiu Jitsu one. I know he was raving about it. Um, and he was getting some feedback from Kevin because I guess, uh, I, I'm probably misquoting here, but whatever. It's got 10% truth. Um, <laughs> Aaron was saying how easy one of the workouts was. And Kevin's like, dude, you must have the core of a freaking, of a, of a tree. 
because yeah. there, that's the only way that this would not smoke you. And I guess, I guess Aaron wasn't doing it right or wasn't following all the the numbers or whatever it was. Um, yeah. So because well, Kev does all that stuff, and Kev is a monster. So uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> so um, yeah, eighteenhourfitness.com. Um, the promo code over there is actually uh, the number one ready. Uh, and that'll get you a discount as well. Um, some of his merch is actually on our site. His plans are not on our site yet, but um, we will hopefully get there eventually. But right now, if you want merch, you can head over to our site, onesready.com for him. Or if you want to buy one of the plans, which I highly recommend, go over to 18alphafitness.com, enter the promo code one, and then ready. Boom. So, Yeah. How about that? Uh, I thought we were going to go in another direction saying that Aaron's core is like super strong. And I'm like, you know, last time I gave him a hug, he felt pretty solid. You know what I mean? Hmm. I thought you were going to go with soft, but okay. I was going to be nice today. I, he's not here. I didn't, you know, want to be like, you know, he's part of that jujitsu cult and that's all they talk about and sports and all these <laughs> other things that I don't understand. It's weird. <laughs> um, so kind of moving on from the the optimal candidate for for SWOE, one of the questions that we got was with and this will be specific to TACPs, right? But with the cuts in TACPs, why do we still need so many people coming in? And and we've already had, you know, the the air combat commands um functional manager on to kind of deep dive into what those cuts actually mean because on the surface, when you hear, okay, they're being cut by X percentage, you're like, okay, they're just taking people and going, and then they're getting out. That is not how. Get out. Believe it or not. All of you on that side of the yeah. room. Bye. Yeah. That is not how it works. So, um, but go check that episode out because he explains it way better than I could. But the, the point being is that we still need folks to come into all the career fields, TACP, CCT, SR, PJ. But with those cuts, the reason why we still need people coming into those is because if not, you're going to create a, a bubble or a, or a bathtub that they don't have people. You, so you constantly, like, I don't want to say every day because that would mean that there's a, there's a lot larger of a career field, but there's always people retiring. Um, get just getting out, you know, or or getting medically disqualified from the career field, or or so on, you know. So as as those folks transition out, we need people, you know, people in the we'll just say the mid tier. They didn't kind of fleet up, and so we need somebody to replace them. So there's it's a constant cycle. It's a life cycle. It really is yep. um, of getting people in. So. Even if even if uh, CCT and SR were at a hundred percent man, which they will never be, but if we were at a hundred percent man, we would still need people coming in because you have to replace those people that are eventually moving out. It's it's a it's an escalator or a train that just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, well, and there's waves too, right? Like you and and you need people of certain ranks. So like your retraining numbers and the the people you bring in are for specific you know, dips in your manpower at certain ranks and, and positions and, and year groups and all these other things. It's a lot of, it's a lot of air force admin stuff, but yeah, you, you need that, that next generation to come in behind you because people are always getting out. There's nothing static about the, the, the career fields, the manpower, at least there's nothing static about any of the career fields, manpower. No. Um, and it's a, it's a big machine. 
the bureaucratic big machine. So those people up at the Pentagon that, that crunch the numbers, like by the time they get the numbers to crunch anyway, and by the time they put the plan together, the strategic level plan to fix the, the, the things that are wrong with the career fields, like that takes another year or two to implement. And then you get that coming in. And so like, there's, it's always like, oh, too much, too little, too much, too little. Like we're never like, hey, we crushed it this year. <laughs> and we got it exactly right. Things are perfect. Like that's not, just not how it works. You're dealing with way, way too many systems, processes, people, and uh, and variables. Like every single human in that in that system is a variable that is is fairly unpredictable. Like it, it's you don't know if they're gonna reenlist until they reenlist. Like you don't mm-hmm. know if they're gonna retire until they retire. So, um, you know, and then all the other things that could happen to that person, and and and, and whether or not they can take an assignment whether or not they end up outside of the career field because of uh humanitarian reasons or or all these other things uh so obviously like this is my world that I, I live in a little bit uh so it's it's complicated yeah well i mean like you nailed it there's so many different variables like i mean there's and and the air force does try and do its best in terms of taking care of folks you know you you mentioned the hum- humanitarian i know we recently had a, a soft tech be i say recently it's it's been a couple of years now but um he's back on the team now but uh there was a soft tech be that i think his wife um wife had cancer or something like that um and you know humanitarian let's get him an assignment let's keep him in you know we, sure he had the option to to bounce right mm-hmm. and, and get out but he didn't want to. He still wanted to continue to serve. So it was okay. Let's find a an assignment, a place that we can actually kind of put him down, sit him down. He's always home, and also put him in a location where the medical is is really good, like that specialist and whatever that is is there. And that's what we managed to do. And I know that that's one person, but um, when I was at the two two, we had it was like two or three humanitarians where parents were really sick or were, you know, kind of on their way out or at least very sick. And the Air Force got them an assignment up to up to our unit, I think within two months. Dang, I guess, which quick. is extremely fast. I think yeah. one was actually a month, another one was like three months because it wasn't as like, oh my God, you got to get this person up there. Um so the Air Force will try it it doesn't mean that it's going to work every single time. Like I know that there was somebody out here a couple of years ago that, uh, you know, his dad was dying of cancer and they were trying to work it to get him out here quicker. And he ended up getting out here, but unfortunately his dad had passed away before he like two weeks before he managed to get out here. So, you know, it's not every time can't make it work every single time, but they, you know, functionals to your credit do try and, and make it, um, try and get it to work as fast as possible sometimes unless i don't like you i'm just kidding that was a joke everybody no no that's all that's recorded it's record now god these gatekeepers out here it's just because they don't like me (laughs) yeah that is what it is like then there's there's just it's difficult at the like at a certain point in your career like i don't I don't understand what it's like to be an SEL. I've never been an SEL, right? So like it's it's sometimes like and you know, you and I have had these conversations where you've been the SEL before, I've been the functional manager for somebody, and we have to like figure out where our knowledge meets mm-hmm. to like make a decision on something and, and how uh, which which problems you need to work and which problems I need to work. And so and it was really actually a good time when, you know, I'm dealing with this person's supervisor who was Aaron, their chief who was Peaches. And I'm the functional, and we also do a podcast together, and we're all friends. <laughs> and and then 
working through the Air Force processes and trying to do what's right for everybody involved. Yeah, which I think if I remember right, I think that worked out just fine. It did. It did. Yeah. Which yeah. is fun. Like when you can actually as as a functional or as an SEL or a supervisor, when you can actually call somebody or you can make the system work and it and it works and you're like, Oh my God, dude, I didn't think that we'd this would happen, but it's it was a big win. Like that's a that's awesome for, for all parties. Everybody's yeah. on board with it. It's great. But what what you don't see is also the the next eighteen phone conversations and, and you know, online meetings that people are like, I don't understand. Like it's just it takes a lot of work to to make these things happen for an individual. I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know like everybody is like, Oh, I can just call the functional and like this happens and this is just me complaining now. And it's like, no, 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 like it takes a whole like you gotta talk to AFPC, A one, all these other people. The the person where that person was projected to go, maybe for an assignment or all these other things and you know, move people around and it's a it's a good time. Math. Yeah. It's maths. It's it's a lot of math. It's a big math problem with some variables that are variables that either shouldn't exist or variables that are so complicated and they're they're three layers deep variables. It's yeah. it's weird. Um speaking of that, I did we did have a cross training here at Nellis that showed up to be CCT or showed up the ANS. And I actually need to, that reminds me because I got to follow up with him. But, um, so he had an issue, showed up his, you're going to have to correct me to write, but, um, not all of his medical was done. Like his, his medical wasn't done within a certain amount of time or the, the paperwork, his, his actual medical was good, but there was a, SWA paperwork or something like that. Is that right? Your flight physical paperwork stuff needs to be fairly current. Okay. So this is a little bit of a tangent. Like, so if you join the pipeline and your flight physical is good for 18 to 24 months or whatever it is, um, it needs to be fresh so that we don't have to, at the, the special, war, uh, special warfare training wing doesn't have to take time to rehack your physical, like in between pre-dive and dive in between ANS and, and pre-dive. Like you need to be good for a certain amount of time so we can get you through enough schools so that you have breathing room if you need to rehack your, your flight physical. And so we'd like to get you through the entire pipeline without having to do that because that logistically that's that's very, very difficult. And, and and remember, like we're not just taking you and like as an individual, we're taking a whole group of people and throwing them in there. So if like we have 10, 15 people that show up and their paperwork's about to expire on JBSA, where we're, we're kind of resource hamstrung as it is. And then we're like, okay, well, we need to find flight docs to get all these people done and all their, like, you know, whatever specialties they need or whatever waivers they need done so that we can get these folks through the pipeline. Like, it just turns into a giant mess real quick. So that's usually yeah. what happens if, if people, it takes them a long time to retrain for, for reasons. And I guarantee that that person's functional manager, who we both know, has told them, like, make sure your flight physical, I'm not going to hold your hand, make sure it's fresh when you show up down at, at in San Antonio and I, this happened to me recently, I told the guy the same thing. He shows up. It's not, it's not fresh. Like we, we can't put you in the pipeline. Like we just don't have the resources to, to hold your hand through this process. Yeah. So bye. well, the reason why I brought it up is because when I talked to, to Goot, he was like, Hey man, like this would probably be something good to put out on the podcast just to really, you know, reiterate it. Is it because I guess it's been happening a lot recently, or maybe, you know, 
for the folks out there, there these things kind of happen in cycles where you'll notice a trend and then it's like, okay, well, we need to course correct. We need to put some information out there. We need to hold the, you know, the functionals. They, they really go, okay, now we really got to tell people like over and over and over again. So I guess this is one of those trend items that's hap- been happening recently with the medical, uh, according yeah. to Goot. So, <clears throat> Um, yeah, make sure your medical stuff is good. Like it, what was confusing to me is that he had shown up and he had already been working out for a couple of weeks as a cross trainee with the dudes down there on what was blue team. I don't think it's blue team anymore, but yeah, there's whatever n- not on team group right. that works out. Um, and then he was, you know, this was a Friday and the registrar said, Hey, you're, you're not starting uh, ANS on Monday or Sunday or whatever today it was. And he was like, dude, what are you talking about? And so since, you know, I know him, he called me and I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me call Goot. So, yeah. So I actually need to follow up with him and see if he started or not. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you something too. Like if you're retraining, like your functional managers are not going to hold your hand. Like and here, here's the problem, right? Is I'll have, 10 folks put in retraining paperwork. I'll say yes to whatever, like, I, and, or 10 folks I say yes to. Nine of those folks I will never hear from, like, again, until, like, if they graduate the pipeline or they don't. Like, a lot of folks reach back out to me if they, like, quit or, or get eliminated. And they're like, hey, sorry. And it's like, cool, like, did you try your best? And, and all this other stuff, like, go crush it in the Air Force. And then there's always that one person, right, who's like, well, I mean, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I gave you the exact same instructions. You had the exact same instructions as everybody else. Like, I don't. I am not going to hold you. Like, this is part of the process. This is part of the selection process. Like when you get on team as a, a staff sergeant and you, you have a whole bunch of senior airmen straight out of the pipeline with you, like you're the admin guy for them. Like you got to do their EPRs. You got to make sure that they, you know, teach them, you know, how to do DTS and all these other things. And, and you got to be organized. If you can't put in your retraining paperwork, if you can't show up where you're supposed to be, if you can't make sure all your, you know, T's are crossed and I's are dotted, then. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to go through there and, and, and review every single piece of paper and, and tell you exactly what to do. Like, that's not my job. That's your job. And so, like, that's, that, and that, that's how I see it. And that, that might be, a, like, a dick thing to say, but, like, it is what it is. If you, if you don't make it through that process, then I'm, then I'm too bad. Man, that's cold. That's so cold. Yeah, well. <laughs> You're a gatekeeper. I'm not. Just I'm keeping not. people out. Yep. I want someone that's going to be able to be an NCO. I'm hiring an NCO. I'm not hiring a senior airman. So, which is exactly why it is limited on the amount of tech sergeants or E6s that we take as cross trainees. Because by that, if we take one, which again is is pretty rare, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because our tech sergeants are, uh, I don't want to say the backbone because i think that that's overused but our 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 tech sergeants and our mass sergeants are by far our technical experts when it comes to sr pj cct tech like they are the ones that are putting in some serious work mm-hmm. um and they are the they are no kidding the experts like don't come to me you need to go to one of the to, to start talking about anything and everything um distributed command and control uh, close air support, joint terminal attack control stuff, like whatever it happens to be medical stuff. Like they, they are the experts. Um, yep. So, which 
And I say that because if you're a tech sergeant hoping to come in, or if your staff sergeant with a line number, if you're a staff sergeant with a line number, you better get that package in real fast. Yeah. Because even then a line number, a lot of times you guys will kind of like, because imagine you're going through the pipeline. That's, you know, two years from now, you're going to be a, a tech sergeant that's coming up for master sergeant. And you don't really know anything about the career field. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine going to maintenance as a tech sergeant, right? Imagine oh my God. if I was it's like, so like as, as, as much as I had on my plate as a tech sergeant, I like the two, three, if I would have retrained to go to maintenance and I'm like looking at master sergeant and I, for some reason it happened and I show up, I've never turned a wrench on a plane, you know, like I'll turn wrenches in, in tech school. And then I show up on the flight line with all these people, all these, all these salty maintenance folks who I love, by the way, I love how salty they are. Um, and then I'm like, okay, like I just made master sergeant. So I'm going to go work in the office and supervise all you knuckleheads. And like, and I'm going to make sure that you're doing things the right way. Yeah. Like the, the, the amount of nuance involved and, and all the experience that I don't have is, is mind boggling. And so like, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard sell. Yeah. And that, and that's not just our career fields. Like, um, talking to the maintenance group chief at, at Nellis, like when we start talking about some of the, um, your promotions and that kind of stuff is they look for certain things. And, and I, we're just using that, you know, they, somebody needs to be a pro soup. Somebody needs to be an expediter. Like there are these things that they need to hit, you know, back shop and all that kind of stuff. And if they don't have it, it puts them at a, at a deficit or a disadvantage because they don't have that experience. They don't see how that aspect of maintenance works compared to on the flight line and that kind of stuff. So it's, that is why it's just very, very difficult and very, very rare that we are going to take an E6. And like I said, even if you're an E5 with a, with a line number to E6, like that, that ship may have sailed. And I'm not saying that you should torpedo your promotion because that's, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe that's right for you and, and right on, but man, imagine, imagine though, for a second, you torpedo your promotion, right? And you get accepted to cross train into the pipeline and then you still quit. Imagine that. I've torpedoed my promotion before and it didn't work out. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I thought I was going to do something else for a while, but <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And here I am. You learned it. You heard it here first kids. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a long, that's a story for another day about when I learned about that. That was my introduction to yeah, how much power um, your functional manners do have versus how much power they actually don't have when it comes to a certain a certain point of, of doing stuff. Um, and it wasn't their fault. I think they thought they could get it done, but it didn't happen. So I started studying for tech after that. Mm. <laughs> but you're, you're, also taking, you're also taking a promotion away from somebody else that's been in that career field too. Yeah. Promotions are based on the number of uh, positions we have at certain ranks that we need to fill that are vacant. And so like if you come in and you, you make master sergeant in the pipeline or in tech school or wherever you're at and you show up and they have to put you in a master sergeant position one of those tech sergeants in that career field that's been jobbing it the whole time is not going to make master and they're not going to get that position because you're there so you better be 
the the best dang master sergeant that ever lived. Otherwise, they're they're really not going to like you. And you know, I, I can't speak for other career fields, but reputation in these career fields means a lot. And and you can become a chief and retire and all these other things, and that's fine. Um, but that doesn't mean that you know everybody's going to like you or that you're going to be considered you know to be one of the the people right here. Yeah, right yeah. here. Everybody <laughs> loves you. Now, I promise you that is not the case. <laughs> okay, like 73% of the people like you. Uh, well, that seems like a good place to end it. So, um, yeah, a little, little sit down, a little fireside chat, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do we cover? Uh, move with a sense of urgency. So don't yeah. be a turd. But that's that's the simplest thing that you can control right there, right? Even if you don't know how to tie the knots, mark your gear, um, you know, do mask and snorkel recovery, you don't know how to do that. The thing that you can start with is be on time, sense of urgency, help others, right? Good teamwork. Those three things right there will put you on a trajectory that will hopefully pay benefit. Well, regardless whether you get selected or you quit or whatever, it'll still pay dividends for you. Yeah. And it shows and you, good character. If you got a whole bunch of thrust, like you got to be ready for the vector checks too. And then don't be afraid to, to go in there and, and bounce around and make a mess. But when you get those vector checks, like just be open to it. You got to have that humility. Yep. All thrust, no vector. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, Please subscribe, follow, um, hit the notification bell, leave us a review. Even if you got to use chat GPT or some kind of thing, <laughs> AI, just, just type something in there, have it create a fake freaking review and then dump it onto Apple reviews. Like whatever. It doesn't matter. It, nobody, nobody cares. We're all it's, smart now. We're all smart yeah. with chat GPT. So yeah. even if you're stupid, just put some emojis in there. Get, take care of it chat gpt will do the emojis and the hashtags for you so really? you know yeah oh yeah oh dang well that's right brother <laughs> it's learning nice so yeah but definitely check out our partners you know we got a whole bunch um you know onesready.com you got our own merch you've got mission mercantile uh, on there with leather goods show me that new shirt you put the new shirt oh, yeah. on today i just I did i was out of town i missed it look at that see dang right i got not got on my toes <laughs> all right everybody thanks for joining later okay. man.